Welcome back to another episode of Soma Soulworks. Where do faith and art meet? What does it mean to be made in God's image, knowing his nature as a creator? This podcast is an open-ended wrestling with God at the seam of Christianity and creativity as artisans working in the world of arts and entertainment. Today, uh, I'm sitting down with uh, with Brandon, with Mark, with Neil, and this is Chris. Um, James is here with his headphones on, being all soundboardy. Um, and so this mm. is going to be the beginning of a series on, a, basically, it's a document, it's a... I, I don't want to use the word manifesto. That feels too weird. But it's we'll, we'll call it a document for now. It's something I, uh, I've been been working on, and it is at the moment called an achievement guide for redemptive game developers. And uh, and while this will be part of the of the document um, for anyone who's listening, um, uh, a couple years ago I ran into these guys at Praxis Labs who created a document called the Rule of Life for Redemptive Entrepreneurs. And, uh, and long story short is in the monastic tradition, there's these ideas of rules of life, which are there like high bar, wouldn't it be awesome if we could reach this level of holiness, awesomeness, whatever. Um, but the rules of life for them were, were not just, wouldn't it be great? They weren't just sort of statements of virtue. They were statements of, in our particular lifestyle, these are the things that we're subject to. Like these are the risks, the temptations, whatever. Um, and so they would tend to uh, to be formatted around being uh, preventative, prophylactic, right? So, so uh, an example I use in the in the document here is if uh, if spiritual pride is a risk of being a monk, then then a habit of humility becomes something to be thoughtful about, right? Mm-hmm. So, so with that, I thought that was a really interesting idea, um, and I and I really love what they've done for that. But I felt it would be valuable and cool to do that for our industry because our I think our industry is different. Um, and I started talking to each of you, kind of like, what are some ideas? What are the things that we that we sort of face, especially in the uh, uh, in the game industry? And long story short, we have a I think a list of seven here that we thought were the sort of uh, the sins, so to speak, um, and and sort of the virtue that that counteracts them. So just as a summary um, for today, um, we talk about basically uh, uh, pace, pressure, this whole kind of thing about about uh, rushing and and crunch and all that. Um, I have the idea of community over kind of isolation. Um, the something that we spoke about uh, yesterday in Jesus' time was the, the the temptation to pose, to front, to to you know sort of appear uh, dishonestly. Um, just the virtue of, of of reality, God's reality, um, over the sort of like uh, escapism, so to speak. Um, the idea of of understanding each of us as creators, as God's image. Um, as opposed to sort of like our, 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 our better nature as opposed to our, our lesser nature. Mm-hmm. I think in, in some places it's really important to think about how money can corrupt the, the situation. Um, and, uh, and then also the idea of like how creatives in particular can be exploited and, and how not to do that. So those are mm-hmm. kind of uh, seven areas that I thought would be a good place to start. Um, with that in mind, this sort of first session, I'm like, I just want to talk about this idea with you guys. Um, um, uh, Mark and Brandon, you two in particular have a lot more experience at the AAA space. You know, uh, I come from the indie space. Neil, you have a lot more movie experience. So these aren't all the same worlds, but they probably have quite a bit of overlap. Mm-hmm. So one, I, I kind of want to say, like, how does this idea of this document strike you? And there, there's something I want to say. The first time, sort of the first version of this, um, I used Praxis's language, which was a rule of life. And the way that people heard that I think was 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 not what I intended. So specifically, I wasn't intending to write something where 
wag your finger, shame on you. This is what, you know, this is sort of the lowest common yeah, denominator. Yeah, which that word rule yeah, kind um, of in, embodies, Yeah, you know, like that pointing of a finger. In other words, you're, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong, yeah. right? And that wasn't what I was trying to say. The, I'm just the using... judgment, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so that's one of the reasons why I changed the whole language of it in the title to be like, no, this is this is a deliberately hard thing, right? Like this is the completionist goal. Um, mm -hmm. And, and if, if you get... If you get to any of these things in your lifetime, like you're rocking it, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're on the leaderboards here. Yeah, looking at this list, I think I, I would only be able to get 10 points. <laughs> All right. I know that there, you got some 50s and some 20s on here, but I think right now I'm just only qualified for the 10 points. So I got some serious leveling to do. So everybody out there, you're not alone. Right. <laughs> but it's good. So, so just, yeah, so I'm just riffing on this. I, uh, it, this, this may be a five-minute uh, podcast. It may be 20. I'm just going to see where it goes. But... What's the thoughts? What is there any need for this kind of thing? Oh, absolutely. And and I think what happens is is that we get based on on kind of the condition of our industry or any creative industry for that matter, you know, you're always looking to the left and to the right and and comparing yourself to what others are doing, how much they're investing um, and you feel led to like lemmings kind of fall suit. <laughs> mm. You know, you don't want to see be seen as somebody that is that is outside of like the normal routine because we all want to be accepted yeah. and, and we all want to be part of something. And so we, we kind of just follow the norms or the guidelines that have been established, but we have no idea where those guidelines really came from. They just kind of morph and evolve over time. Yeah. And nobody ever really takes a break to step back and saying, is this really, is this really good? Is this healthy? Is this, and this type of document really kind of pushes the pause button and allows for reflection. You know, it's just like, okay, well, We've been doing these best practices or what we would consider best practices because have they ever really been challenged? Yeah. You know, and they so. They probably haven't. I mean, because nobody takes the time to do it, right? Like <laughs> you're so like focused and your blinders are on and you're in your dev cycle so tight. Like nobody stops mm -mm. because after that's done, it's the next thing. It's the next thing. Nobody takes the break to, to take a look at that, right? Mm -hmm. There's not really postmortems on, hey, how am I doing in no, it's like, what did we, the postmortem was always like, what did we do wrong? How can we do better in that product? In it's the not product. like, it's not, the yeah. scope's not turned inside to see like, oh, yeah. are we, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I, th I think that's, that's the big, uh, that's the big misnomer in the industry is that we are so adverse to rest. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. We're so adverse to pause because pause, well, is just on the face of it is a pause where we're all about breaking through and innovating and iterating and ideating and continually moving forward and breaking through new barriers and you don't pause, you don't sleep, you don't rest. Well, if you're a contractor, pause is also scary because pause is <laughs> like you're not working, you're right? Not working, like, yeah. money, yeah. It's a cycle. If you're That's a good perspective, Brandon. Right? Like, so <laughs> if you're a contractor, pause is a bad thing. Mm. You're, you're avoiding that. That's actually a really huge insight because um, I, I think that, because I was going to ask the same questions like, okay, like if that's the way you described it, Mark, was this is what we do. But my question is like, is it? Or is that just what we're driven to do? That's what we're required to do because that's the way it is. Well, it's become it's become almost like a rite of passage. Like, I, yeah. don't, know, I don't know where where the hell this came from, this notion of I have got to, I've got to cut, I've got to bleed, I've got to mm. be tired, I have to engage, engage, engage to feel valued or get validation. Like, you know. I, I can't leave at five o'clock. That's absurd, you know, um, because my whole team is still here. So now all of a sudden there's this obligation that you have to stay 
just to just to fit into the cultural expectation yeah, or the, mm-hmm. the professional expectation that's been set. But again, getting back to why are we doing that? What is the systemic is there is there a systemic reason why we're doing that? And I've always gone back to the fact that I, I think it, it starts fundamentally at the beginning to where the scope is too big. <laughs> like, you know, in, in the Bible it talks about count the costs. Before you go and build right. something, mm-hmm. count the cost. Do you have the budget, the resources, the time? Mm-hmm. And stay within stay within that those confines. You know, I always like to think of it as a box. I've got a I've got a box of design or art or visuals. I, I you know, and it's it's measured. And that doesn't necessarily mean I, I have to just stay in the box, but I, I push on the walls of the box, but I don't break it. And that's where feature creeping and scope creeping comes in. Um, Chris, I think you and I were talking about this the other day where it's like a lot of times designers or artists or programmers, they get tired because these, you know, these productions, whether movie or creative or whatever games, they take a long time and you get bored. You get yeah. kind of, you know, you start out really excited because it's innovative. It's a new concept. It's a first time ever, you know, something that you just can't wait to bring to a world waiting. But after three months, four months, it becomes a grind. You get tired of it. Yeah. it it's it's not sexy anymore. And But at the same time, you tell people about your idea for the first time and you see the light going in their eyes. And you're like, yeah, it's somewhere along the way I lost that. So now I have to start adding things mm-hmm. just to make it interesting again. And we, we really need to be careful. Mm. of that because you know our expectation is really high but somebody hearing it for the first time they have no expectation and they're they're excited about it yeah so again that gets back to when do we when do we take a moment to hit the brakes or pump the brakes and pause and reflect nobody really does that no. and i i want to mm-hmm. i want to understand where that where that mindset where that construct comes from because I can't, I can't look back and 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 point to a time as to oh that's when it started. It just kind of morphed and now became the norm. Yeah. And I know you see it, Brandon, all the time. That's why I think like this has a lot of values. Because I was just thinking, um, what happens when you first came to the industry? Like I was so stoked. Like mm. I did. They had to like push me out of the. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like stay and work as long as you want. Like it wasn't work because it was so much fun. Well, you and had no friends. That, that, that <laughs> yeah, too, I mean, right? Like, but like no friends early on. So you, you when you it. first hit this industry, you're like so excited to be in this creative like role, and you're making games. And so like what happens is you start spending so much time at the studio, and nobody up high is like. Saying, you know, this oh, might yeah. not be a, a great idea. <laughs> That's <laughs> really good. <laughs> where, where's your work life balance? Nobody ever said that to me. Yeah. They're like, you, they're thinking like, oh, this we're gonna get more done. Right. We're, somehow this guy's we're gonna a machine. Yeah. And it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Machine. Like it's just like this perpetuated like cycle of just it becomes everything, mm-hmm. and that's happened for so long yeah. that that's just become the standard operating. Well, and it has to create competition too, where it's like, if Brandon's staying here for 20 hours a day, right. like I can't oh, go yeah. home after yeah. 19 because I look like a scrub. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so no one ever says that, no. but it just sort of happens. And I think it's that question is like, no one questions it. And what I would love to do is, like I said, I never wanted to say like, wag your finger, you're doing it wrong, but more of like, well, what could be different? Can we just ask these questions? Like, are these, are these goals that we can consider um, and and you know you probably not no one's going to get there overnight, but it'd be something like if you don't ever have uh, what, what's that story like if you if you don't aim high you aim to fail something like this right mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know if you aim for the moon and you wind up you know in this in orbit that's still pretty damn good <laughs> yeah <laughs> right right 
Yeah. And also the values, there's this strange piece that keeps getting brought up, like the value of somebody working so hard is like, oh, that's that's good. But there's this burnout that happens later, then they lose that person. And then the value of the individual who is working too hard, mm-hmm. like they lose it because it, they have to shift over. And they're like, oh, okay, well, it's just the next person fills that spot. And you're like, wait a second. What about the long-term like growth of the individual? And I like, mean, there was a statistic mm-hmm. that was, I don't know if it's still on this metric, but um, I think the maximum length time spent in the industry was like less than seven years. Yeah. I think it was been five and seven years yeah. before yeah, exactly. you burned out. It, yeah. mm-hmm. And then it was over, right? Like Then you'd yeah. switch on to somewhere else because it's not a sustainable lifestyle. Yeah. There's no. like this hole in the middle of the demographic. You've got the young people who are just full of energy who mostly flame out. Right. And then you have older folks who, for whatever reason, are now in management. But there's this weird middle gap that's usually But they're totally empty. jaded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're totally and they just jaded. perpetuate what, <laughs> yes. what, you know, like, yeah. well, I did my dues. And so right. Like, yeah. Suck it up. <laughs> now it's almost a military feel. It's like, yeah. well, that's just the way it is, guys. Yeah. You've got to yeah. put in the no, time. It is like that a lot. you yeah. got to do it's, it. It's like, it's like fraternity or sorority yes. hazing. Yeah, yes. yeah. You know, it's just like, okay, mm. well, you want to, uh, <laughs> yeah, you want to come in and, and yeah. be under our flag? Well, Bend over, we're going to paddle you yeah. until you cry. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's just like... And, and, okay, part serious, part joke. It's like, I wonder if there's just a ministry for burnt out developers, right? Like these sort of like strung out developers who <laughs> lost their hearts and are now like in whatever day. I would they never want find. to be in a room with a person like that. Honestly, <laughs> it's just like, oh, I need a shower after I... Yeah, because I mean, I, I get it because I've, I've had those moments to where it's just, you know, the thing that I was so passionate about, I now resent. Um, because I feel taken advantage of and or I, I get into shame and self-loathing because I wasn't strong enough to stand up in a sense of, of you know, that this is unhealthy. Mm. This is like you were saying, Neil, it's unsustainable. And yet we're building whole pipelines and, <laughs> and, and budgets and in design around these models. And while people have in their statistics and there's there's actually, you know, court um filings that have been, you know, done because people have burned out and they've had health issues and mm. divorces have happened because of sure. it and whatever. And yeah, it's just spouse. like, yeah, spouse. Yeah. Back in the, in the late nineties. Um, it, it's crazy, but yet at the same time, nobody really, they address it. They pay it lip service, but there's, I haven't seen anything done with it yet. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm hoping that this will, this will really start to put legs to a movement, um, you know, that this document kind of, of provides. I will say, like, I, w- I would hope while we, we are coming at this from a Christian perspective, that's who we are, that, that informs a real view. I don't, I, I don't want this to be a Christian document. Like, I, this should be like a... Uh, but like universal human rights kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, this should be good for everybody. Absolutely, hey, this works because this is this is the way humans are, yeah. and we, we're ignoring that in the industry. Hey, you're not even letting a human be fully who they can be because you're doing it this way, which mm-hmm. is proven wrong over and over and over. Oh, wait, what could it be? Well, let's look what the data says, and then our teachings come out of the Bible. But those are all very practical, real-world um, ways that people actually, like, live. Yeah. What works and what makes you a healthy person? Well, guess what? These actually work. And it's been proven many times over. Yeah. It's not just, you know, 
something written in, written in an old book. It's actually like, no, these are proven ways to have healthy living. Mm-hmm. Why isn't that applied to work and specifically this industry, which is an overworked and has these issues we're talking through? Yeah. So. Well, I, f- I find it, again, getting back to Brandon's point of coming into the industry starry-eyed, bushy-tailed, mm. excited, and completely open for exploitation. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to add is, like, it's really hard to get into the industry. And so you mm. fe- that just reinforces the feeling, like, this is an opportunity. I got to make sure that I do everything, work really hard, shine, all of this thing, mm-hmm. all these things. You're right, because there's always that, there's always that feeling, like, if if I do something wrong and I get kicked out the door, there'll be somebody filling my seat before it goes cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and so that's where that that real temptation of exploitation can can come in. And this is this is something and this is a charge that I want to even speak out to those in management and executives and leadership and and whatnot is you know take care of your people, mm-hmm. you know. And if you see them working too hard. Flex your authority and your experience and be like, you know what? You need to take a pause and you need to just leave. Um, Or in such a way, being aware of your team and saying, God, everybody is staying late. What's what's going on here? Hmm. Are we are we are we expanding the scope too big and we're creating more work that is that is going outside of what we counted the costs at the beginning? Um, We need to address that because that's going to be like you're saying, Neil, it's not sustainable. People are going to burn out. People are going to get resentful. Um, they're going to feel obligated and or pressured um, in a negative sense. And that's just going to turn out just bad product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you don't want to create that culture. So you have to protect it and you have to engage with it and be okay and not apologetic for pumping the brakes. Yeah. Let me broaden the scope out just a little bit. Um, so this we, we are talking specifically here in this document about game development. However... I think a lot of this could apply to creatives in general, which I for agree. SoulWorks yeah. is yeah. kind of our, that's really our audience. Like, game is just part of it. Um, and so I, I look at this, it's a stereotype, right, of the starving <laughs> artist, right? It's the starving musician, the starving painter, whatever else. Mm. And I, I've started to think more and more, like, why does that stereotype exist? And it reminds me of what you said, Brandon, is people who are driven by that passion to create, like, their food is creating. And it just, mm. it, it makes them... I think it really makes them vulnerable to anyone who's like, I can extract value from that. And you'll work super hard and I'll take 90%. Um, and, and I see that across all of the creative industries. And, and it makes me think like the the interaction between creativity and money is mm-hmm. a deeply corrupting influence. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I'm not against money. Like I, I'm not the love of money. Or I'm sorry, I'm not the guy who hates money. I'm saying like, when people love money, it screws things up. Mm. And it appears to me that this seems to be endemic to almost all creative enterprise. Yeah. That when I can, if I, and, and there's probably part of the business model is like out of a thousand bands, the truth is one of them makes money. And I, maybe that's overstating it, but there's some truth to that. And so from a publisher's perspective, like, well, I just got, I got a lot of mm-hmm. risk. And th- that's true. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure how to solve it, but I'm aware of the stereotype. Yeah, and I think there's also something when it comes to creatives that, like you were saying earlier, Brandon, that they feel lucky that they get to they get to work and, and have their works and their mm. gifts and their talents and their creativity uh, experienced by other people 
Um, and a lot of their validation comes from that, not necessarily monetary, but their validation comes from words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really beautiful. I've never seen anything like that or never heard anything like that. Or, wow, that, that script and that code is just amazing. Or that, <laughs> that you know, cinematic uh, lighting or whatever it is. Um, and it's just that a lot of time becomes the economy for most creatives that usually are, are fairly insecure about their work. So, you know, money to them is getting validation a right. lot of times. Oh, yeah, totally. And mm-hmm. so in that sense, getting back to exploitation, you know, uh, a savvy executive and, and or, you know, whatever manager, they could see that, you know, and, and exploit it. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I think it, it also goes back to helping arm and equip creatives to be aware of that as well. Um, not that I'm coming against, not that I'm saying the fact that that validation isn't a good thing, but you you have to be careful that it it doesn't become um, doesn't become a hindrance to uh, other values that you that yeah. you offer as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that that that's something where I think that we probably will want to have time to just talk about in broader scopes. Not today is the wrong time, but I, I think that's a that's a topic that's really intriguing. Is how, how what would sustainable art world look like for folks who either they're not exploited over here but probably they're also not deified over here like that becomes like the, yeah. the polls you're like you're the best freaking actor painter musician whatever and now we're going to pay you so much money you choke on it yeah. um but every you know the 99 other you, you get like uh, you get nothing you were lucky to, that we turned the recorder on for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the other end of the spectrum you have a majority huge majority that are you know dealing with lower money or just doing it before the passion they get consumed right by the industry and then the top end is the ones that are like they're deified they're worshipped for yeah. their art and then all of a sudden like uh uh sorry i don't know how to deal with that and then they all fall apart yeah like forgot the percentages but everyone who's the top of their craft like they basically will fall apart in some way shape or form because they can't deal with the worship of that that's i mean who it's could, so crazy right <laughs> what was the saying like I think it's something like fear is the greatest motivator or something mm. like that. Um, I feel like in our industry specifically too is there's so much volatility, like studios come and go, oh, yeah. IPs come and go. You're always like working in that mental framework like, oh man, like after this thing ships, if it doesn't sell enough units, we're not, you know, we're not doing anything else. It's over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen that happen so many times where a product gets launched, they didn't yeah. have the sales, studio's done, right? Yep. So you're working, you're always kind of like, am I going to be working after this game <laughs> ships or, uh-huh. you know what I mean? It's it's very much yeah, there. Yeah, you're right. Like, Super like when doggy you, dog. Yeah, when you, yeah, when you see the project starting to wind down, you're already looking at the exit sign. You know, it's just yeah. like, okay, this is... This could be a reality. Well, if you're a contractor, yeah. you're you're seeing the exit sign. Yeah, you're being shown the exit sign. That's really true. Oh man! All right, so uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of keep this this session kind of about where we are um, because I we could probably riff for a long time, but I do want to have some additional uh, podcasts where we talk about individual pieces on here. So for a second, I'm going to say uh, uh, thank you for for this whatever we got 20 30 minutes here. And uh, we're going to transition now into another podcast, which will launch in two weeks. Isn't that fun? Yeah. The rest will be 20 seconds. Uh, but here we go. So uh, thanks very much, and we'll see you on the next session. Thank you for joining us. This and our other content is an effort to rediscover a robust theology of creativity and innovation as we pursue our desire to live well as the warriors and poets that God made us all to be. To learn more, check out somasoulworks.com.